Welcome to Jazz South Spotlight, a podcast series shining a light on outstanding jazz talent from the south of England. I'm Kevin Legend and I'll be meeting six bands from across the region who've been specially commissioned by Jazz South to create new music. Originally part of a scheme to perform to live audiences across the south of England, Jazz South Spotlight is a digital reimagination to reach audiences everywhere in 2020 through new tracks. In this series, I'll explore the background, influences and inspirations of each band, as well as playing excerpts from their new work. This week, I'm talking to Kate Westbrook and the Granite Band. Kate, welcome to Jazz Side Spotlight. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Now, obviously, we've all been going through this extraordinary period over the last six months or so with the arrival of the pandemic and lockdown. As a creative musician who spent many years playing to audiences and engaging with audiences, how has this period been for you? Well, having gigs postponed has been tough. And it isn't clear when, if ever, we'll get back to performing live to packed audiences. And at our age, Mike's and mine, we wonder sometimes if we've done our last gig. But that cannot be so. Well, I definitely hope not. So obviously you're referring to your, your husband, Mike Westbrook, with whom you've been making music for decades. And the two of you have built this really substantial body of work, which is very, very important to, to British jazz. Obviously, we really hope that you, that you keep doing live gigs as we hope that everybody keeps doing live gigs. It's a tricky situation that we all have to manage. Is there anything positive, do you think, that has come out of this in terms of creative energy, imaginative thinking, and being able to, to just think outside of the box, I suppose? Oh, yes, indeed. The commission from Jazz South has been a lifeline, really a lifeline. Mike and I wrote, says the Duke, and then worked with the Granite Band to record it. Working in the new lockdown way has, has sparked a new approach. Can you tell me more about that, the new approach that has come through? Well, as for all musicians in the current circumstances, we had to think of a new way. It's, it's a laborious process recording in isolation, and the band couldn't do the usual trial and error. The process is usually more collective than we've been able to be in lockdown. So how did that actually unfold in real terms with the Granite Band? Well, communication was by email and phone, some face-to-face -face conversations at a distance. We really missed the rehearsal room and the studio, you can imagine. There was a great deal of scanning of written music. So for you and, and Mike Westbrook, as I say, who've been doing countless gigs for, for decades now, I mean, the, the history goes right back to, to the 60s, actually working remotely, having people record parts separately, I imagine that that must have been a strange experience. Yet at the same time, maybe there's something fascinating in the way that you then put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Well, yes, uh, um, you're right. The, the writing, of course, wasn't a logistical problem since Mike and I lived together. As for the recording, all the members of the Granite Band are, are resourceful and they made a virtue of overcoming the hurdles, improvising both practically and, and musically. Which is always a big plus when, you, <laughs> when you've got musicians who, who know how to press play and record and, and capture audio in the right way. That's, uh, that's essential in this day and age, isn't it? Well, the Granite Band is a versatile band. We've been working together in various lineups for oh, around 10 years. And over the past three years, the Granite Band has done quite a few gigs, made two albums. We have a sound now. From the west side of the mountain springs the river of doubt. 
The musicians come with a range of talents, from exciting contemporary improvisers like Roz and Jesse, to Marvelous Coach, who's one of the most experienced drummers around, and Billy is a fine multi-instrumentalist. She plays bass in the Granite Band. And Matt comes from the rock world. He's terrific and is really into sound. The actual recording of Says the Duke, Matt and Billy really brought it together. Now, the piece itself, Says the Duke, really is a celebration of the great Duke Ellington, a founding father of, of jazz and African-American music. And you have a roll call of some of his iconic tracks from Perdido and Take the A-Train to Solitude and Black, Brown and Beige. You mention his famous band members, be it Harry Carney or Paul Gonzalez, Billy Strayhorn, the great arranger. It almost feels like a kind of a life story to a certain extent. I mean, we really get a sense of you and, and Mike Westbrook thoroughly engaging with his music. Well, Granite, the composition, comes from the life that Mike and I have had together and says the Duke is absolutely our tribute to Duke Ellington and the great debt the music owes to him, not in the sense of performing his work, but, but rather a reference to his mighty compositions. Great. Let's hear this piece that you've written and recorded for Jazz South. This is Says the Duke.
Says the Duke by Kate Westbrook and the Granite Band, commissioned by Jazz South. Delighted to be talking to Kate now. Kate, it's a blues, something that Duke Ellington famously turned to many times throughout his career. It was a, a kind of staple of his repertoire. He's playing the blues in troubled times as well. Do you think that, that the form itself is still very relevant to you and Mike, and, and particularly in, in this day and age? Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. In times of crisis, public or personal, a jazz musician will often turn to the blues. Apparently, Duke once said when asked how he dealt with racism, I write another blues. That's part of the appeal of the music as well, because the blues, even though it has these recognisable forms, whether it's the 12 bar or sometimes it's just blues over one chord, it gives you a certain amount of freedom as well, and it, it gives you that platform to express yourself. As for says the Duke, it isn't a blues in the conventional sense. It doesn't break down into the familiar 12 and 8 bar choruses. In fact, the chord sequence varies in length, more than 80 bars long. Do you feel at this stage of you and Mike making music for many years and having this very substantial body of work around you that the important thing, I suppose it's, it's always been important, is to just express your feelings honestly, to write about whatever you think is important, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's Duke Ellington, whether it's the beautiful landscapes of Dartmoor, just really use music as a reflection of life. Oh, that's a tricky one to answer. Since music is such an integral part of our lives, it must necessarily be a reflection, an extension of one's life. We're celebrating this iconic figure. He did the last gig that you saw in 1973. I mean, that's, that's quite a moment. So that was almost 50 years ago. Can you tell me about some specific memories of that gig? Yes, in London. Duke's final UK performance was at the uh, Rainbow in Finsbury Park. Originally, the Rainbow was a rather grand 30s cinema with elaborate decor. That December evening, it was very rundown and dark. I think every fancy bit of decor had been painted black. It wasn't a great venue for that great band, but they transformed the place. Mike and I were up in the circle. We had quite good seats. There was Duke himself and of his long-standing musicians, Harry Carney and Cootie Williams. And in the second set, Paul Gonzalez played Happy Reunion. He was nowhere near a microphone. Everyone in the audience was completely still. We were all so intent on hearing every note of that solo. The lead trumpet, Money Johnson, did a Louis impersonation on Hello Dolly. Some of the Ellington fans wanted to hear only the great numbers, but as Mike sometimes says, Duke never forgot his roots in show business. It was a seminal evening for me and a moving concert for all of us there. Yeah, that's part of the, the magic, isn't it? All of the artistry and the, the virtuosity and taking music to a very high level, yet at the same time still being able to communicate, as you say, having that connection to entertainment. I mean, what do you think was one of the outstanding tracks on the night? Well, it has to be Happy Reunion, without a doubt. Granite Band, the, the name itself refers to the granite quarries of Dartmoor. Well, all the members of the Granite Band live within easy reach of Dartmoor and its granite quarries. Our first album was called Granite, hence the band name. The piece follows the quarry through the seasons and through the spirit of a quarry worker. In July this year, we released the second Granite Band album. It's called Earth Felt the Wound. The album title comes from Milton's Paradise Lost. 
The subject matter of most of the songs on the album is the threat to the environment, but I hope never to be didactic, and there's some humour in there too, of course. Dartmoor is, is um, the most extraordinary landscape. It's wonderful. We get up there whenever we can. The granite quarries are rather heroic. A particular quarry that we go to quite a lot is called Hay Tor Quarry, just below Hay Tor, and it's filled with water in the base now, and there are great cut granite cliffs all round, and it's completely contained so that you can make wonderful noises in there when you're on your own in the, in the quarry, and they come back to you transformed. Jay Auburn and Callum Godfroy, who, who worked on the granite album with us, with the granite band, hiked a huge speaker up into the quarry, which is quite some climb, as anyone who knows it will tell you and they recorded the whole spectrum of, of sound, the whole audio spectrum in the quarry so that they could use that reverb on the Granite album. They also produced Earth Felt the Wound and they used another reverb on, on that album, but it's rather marvelous. On the Granite album, you can actually hear the quarry. of life walks up the main drag of outdoor as the day that she was born. Funnily enough, when they hiked this great speaker up there, there was quite deep snow on the ground. <laughs> so these two youngsters <laughs> were carting, a, I don't know how much it weighed, but it was huge, this huge speaker up into the quarry. It was very funny. Obviously, nobody knows what the future holds because we're all just waiting to see how this situation is going to unfold. But do you have any plans to keep recording? maybe looking forward to doing some socially distanced gigs or well realistically mike and i are in the vulnerable age group so i suspect we won't be doing gigs until everyone has the vaccine there are plans for a gig at ronnie's and some dates are being planned for earth felt the wound next summer all being well we actually are doing something called the moving picture show which is a every friday morning on our website we put up something from the archive we've got quite a considerable archive as, as you can imagine from so many years, Mike, many more than me, and we put up either a whole concert, a whole gig from an old television broadcast, or just a single number. I'm doing some paintings for a kind of animated film, animating some of the songs. So we've been very busy doing that. It isn't like having a, a major new composition or a major new recording on the go. Having brought out the, the most recent album with a granite band in July, last July, that really has been our major bit of writing over the past couple of years and we're wondering really what to do next but we have got a few ideas bubbling away well that's definitely music to my ears it's been a pleasure talking to you to hear says the duke by kate westbrook and the granite band along with links to all the previous podcasts and new commissions visit www.jazzsouth.org.uk slash spotlight Next time, I'll be speaking to the Sarah Coleman Band. Jazz South supports the development of jazz across the south of England, outside London. It is led and hosted by Turner Sim Southampton, a concert hall and live music producing organisation, with support from the University of Southampton and funding from Arts Council England. I'm Kevin Lejeune, and this has been a Two Degrees West production for Jazz South.